Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I like the way you move. I can draw your attention to verse number six and seven and eight, where Peter says to this lame beggar, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by his right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankle bones became strong, and he jumped to his feet and began to walk. Like many Americans, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this room like many of you, I am a victim of lower back pain. I have lower back pain. I started having lower back pain when I was younger. I got and broke my leg playing football, and that did something to me. Got into a car accident. That did something to me, and so I've been wrestling with lower back pain off and on. I've had all kinds of stuff happen. I've gotten injections. I've had all kinds of things to try to help me, and recently, I really have experienced some real blessing and some healing, and I think it's more than just God healing me, but a good chiropractor will almost save your whole life. But like most of you, like many of you watching around the world, when you look at the back pain issue, it is something that is extremely common, particular today. And lately, I've experienced some freedom from the pain. And it's because of something that my chiropractor said to me, and I want to say it to you. He said to me when I went to start to see him, I was in so much pain, and he asked me a question. He said, let me ask you something. I said, yeah. He said, how often do you walk? I said, well, I, I, I have pain, and the pain makes me not want to walk that much. And so I, I don't really walk as, as much as I probably used. He said, yeah. He said, let me explain something to you. He said, as a human being, the bottom of your feet are flat. You are a bipedal creature. We are bipedal creatures. And he said something to me that I want to say to you this morning and make a point. And that is that you were created for movement. He said a part of the reason why you're in pain is because you do too much sitting and not enough walking. There's something about the bottom of your spine. There's something about the muscles there in the base of your lower back that the more you exercise those and move them, you work out the knot and the tension and the swelling at the bottom of your spine by moving. Whereas if all you do is sit in your car and sit in your truck and sit at your desk and sit too much sitting causes compression at the base of you and so now instead of your spine being elongated and stretched your spine is compressed because there's almost nothing as dangerous to your health as stagnation he said you have to realize you're in the pain you're in because you don't move enough. 
I'm going to speak that over this whole room right now. That a part of the reason why you're in the pain you're in, part of the reason why you are wrestling and struggling the way you are struggling, a part of the reason why you are as tired as you are is because it takes more energy to tread water than it takes to swim. Takes more energy to jog in place than to run forward. There's something about movement. And my question to you this morning is, can you move? This passage here in Acts chapter 3 verse 1 says, One day Peter and John are going to the temple and they're on their way to prayer at 3 in the afternoon. And there's a man who's lame from birth who was being carried to the temple called Beautiful. <laughs> here we are in church. This is our time for church. We have church at 10. You may be watching this at 3. I don't know what time it is for you, but we came to church together at 10. We're here for service, and I would like to suggest for your consideration that there are some of us who walked here, and there are some of us who were carried here. Some of us are walking in power others of us are lame from birth and have to be carried both of them are at church both of them are there looking for blessing but one walks in for prayer and the other one is carried there and laid outside of the temple and asked to beg for money that there's a difference between walking and being carried there's a difference between making movement as a result of your own power and you being carried as a result of the power of somebody else he's brought there to beg and when they bring him in and they lay him there and he's begging and then Peter and John who are walking in walk up to the temple and the beggar looks at them and is trying to get money out of them because money is a sign that maybe begging is where you are. Money is not always the answer, but when we get to a place where the only answer for us is money, we have to ask ourselves, are we walking or begging? Then Ginda got good and quiet in here, Elder Clark. Are, are we a walker or are we a beggar? Are we on our own feet or are we actually being carried by a system? They both walk. Peter and John walk in and the beggar looks up at them as if he might get money from them and then Peter and John look down on him because the vantage of the walker is very different than the vantage of the beggar. And we have to be careful in our begging moment that we don't hate on the walkers. And we have to be careful in our walking moment that we don't despise the beggar because all of us have been walkers and beggars at some point in our lives. And just because you walk in today don't mean you might not find yourself in a low place tomorrow. And just because you may be lame from birth doesn't mean that God's power can't heal you. And absolutely change your life but it's absolutely possible to not understand the vantage of the other very often we are weakened because walkers and beggars turn on one another 
And those of us who are walking feel better than those who are begging because we only measure ourselves by people that look like us. And so if we're doing better than somebody that has the same color that we have or the same generation that we're coming from, we think that we are now superior and we have now somehow reached some kind of attained goal because we measure ourselves by ourselves and that's not wise. Peter and John look at him and they say to him, look at us. And he gives them his attention. Sometimes I wonder to myself, what will it take for God to get our attention? What will it take for kingdom things to get our attention? How low can we go? How low do we have to get before God gets our attention? How long will it take for the Lord to get us to realize that we are outside of his will? Peter and John have to say to him, look at us. <laughs> it's very interesting to me that somebody is in the begging seat and isn't focused on the right thing. And he looks, when they look at him, they say to him, silver and gold have I none. I don't have money to fix your situation. Sometimes, beloved, when I look at us, when I look at myself, when I look, sometimes I think to myself, my God, I don't know if there's enough money to fix the problem that we're dealing with culturally. I look at what's going on in the world around us. I read an article that was talking about the amount of money that we're sending around the world to support troops in other parts. And I thought to myself, my God, give me a tiny bit of that and I could do my victory part. My God, what could we do if we just took a billion, shoot, a million, shoot, hey, a three million, a four million because we often... Think that money is the answer. Someone asked me the other day, Pastor Andy, what do you think about reparations? I said, reparations would be wonderful if we were walkers and not beggars. If we could get on our feet first, oh my God, I'm going to speak this. If we could get on our feet first, then we may actually have a different vantage place. And what we would see from on our feet would be very different than what we see from being on a mat on the ground. I don't know if we're ready for that kind of money while we're still down. We have a tendency to just return that money right back to the people that gave it to us in the first place. Most of the money we get now does not stay with us. Most of our money goes right back to the people that own us. And so when I think about silver or gold, when Peter said, John say, silver and gold have I none, there's a part of me that's like, really? Is that what you really? You didn't have anything? You were really broke? You didn't? Or maybe that's not the answer. Maybe the answer is not that I don't have no money. Maybe the answer is there's not enough money that could ever really heal you and really give you what you really need as long as you're lame. He says, silver and gold have I none, but such that I have give I unto you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And he reaches down and grabs him by his right hand and pulls him up onto his feet. And the Bible says that immediately his ankles and ankle bones and knees and legs became strong and instead of 
being a beggar outside of church, he walked into the temple on top of his feet. And my God, hallelujah, my prayer for us, and I speak it over everybody that will receive it, is that if we came here begging, we'll leave here walking. That if we came here in a weak place, we'll leave here in a strong place because of the power of a healing God. This is the first miracle that takes place in the New Testament church. Day of Pentecost has happened, Elder. The Holy Ghost has fallen. The church has exploded. Jesus has ascended. He told them, greater works than these shall you do because I go unto my Father. And the first greater work that they do is to heal somebody lame from birth. I don't think it's a coincidence that the first miracle that happens in the New Testament church is taking somebody who can't walk and giving them the ability to jump and leap and walk and praise God because the answer is movement. What we are looking at is we are looking at the miracle of movement I would contend there ain't no miracle like movement There's no miracle like change there's no miracle like growth something miraculous about people's ability to move it's football season it's my favorite time of year I love football season I, it's my favorite sport I watch college games. I watch pro games. I record multiple. The only reason I got direct TV is to record football games. I watch the first half of multiple. I don't just watch the teams I like. I like, I watch teams I don't like. I just like football like that. I just watch it. If you watch football like I do, maybe you don't, you'll know that one of the scariest things to happen in a football game is for there to be a collision and now somebody's on the ground and they can't move. The whole stadium hushes. Everybody gets quiet. The players from the other team come over and kneel. Everybody starts to pray. Because there's something scary about a collision that makes it so that you can no longer move. I would contend that many of us have been so bombarded by pain in life that we have been concussed into a situation in which we are no longer able to move. The devil is a liar in the name of Jesus. guy that taught me how to be a preacher told me that if you never experience any opposition it may be a sign to you that you and the devil are going in the same direction but if you are going that way and the enemy's going this way, if you are going that way anybody that's done anything great has had to deal with opposition and if you are running headlong as fast as you can and as hard as you can after something great and the enemy is coming at you back the other way and you collide, it is possible for the pain you experience going after greatness to concuss you momentarily and stop you from being able to move. But don't you dare stay paralyzed. Don't you dare stay paralyzed because he broke your heart. Don't you dare stay paralyzed because they let you down. Don't you dare stay paralyzed because some leader disappointed you. Don't you dare stay paralyzed because you met a hypocrite. Don't you dare stay paralyzed because you had a bad job. Don't you dare stay paralyzed because it didn't work the first time. The devil is a liar. You better get back up on your feet and get to moving. Because I like the way you move. I am not interested in the way you sit. I am interested in the way you move. 
I like movers. I like movement. I like folk that know how to move. I was in the airport the other day. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I was in the airport and saw a kid that was about almost five in a stroller with his feet hanging down. He was so long that his feet were almost on the ground being pushed. I wanted to knock that thing over. <laughs> there is nothing more annoying than mature people acting immature. I cannot take it. I can't take somebody five talking like a baby. I can't take it. I can't take somebody with teeth chewing on a pacifier. I can't take it. If you can take it out your mouth and ask me a question, it is time to move on from your pacifier. The, but understand that phase is over. I literally saw a kid chewing on that pacifier like it was a piece of gum. There's nothing as annoying as delayed maturity. And for anybody that's had a baby, you know that when the baby is first born, you're sitting there slowly looking at their abilities come online. First, they start moving their head. Then they start sitting up on their own. Then they start being able to roll. You got to watch them on the edge of the couch because they'll roll off. They roll forward. They roll backward. You start to see their ability to get their dexterity together because at some point they got to hold their own bottle. At some point they got to pick up their own Cheerio with their own little fingers and put it in their own mouth because movement is a sign that you're mature. But we are surrounded by babies who are on the bottle and don't know how to hold it. We are surrounded by people who have not gained the ability to put their own finger on their own tray and put something in their own mouth. Where every word has to be spoon fed to you. Praise God for this Sunday morning experience. But you know how this Sunday morning experience really is empowered? It's empowered if at some point during the week you picked up your own Cheerios. You opened up your own Cheerio and you picked our own fishy cracker and put it in your own mouth. And then if you come here and I read out of a passage that you were reading out of earlier, you find out you end up. Holy Ghost baby but you'll never know that if I gotta feed you everything getting tired of holding everybody's bottles I want to see can you move I like the way you move ask somebody can you move can you move can you move? Ask somebody else. Can you move? Can you move? I, I like the way you move. I, I, I'm glad you're sitting in the service, but when you get out of here, I need to see you do some moving. I, I need to see you make some progress. Pray, praise God. Anything that is temporary is tolerable. I don't need perfection. I just need growth. I don't need you to be perfect, but I do need you to be changing. There's nothing more annoying than folk who are stuck. It's a good question. Can you move? I don't know if you've ever moved before. I'm sure you have. But there is something annoying about moving. You got to get boxes. You got to figure out where you're getting them from. You got to pack them up. You trying to buy some. You trying to get some de dedicated from the grocery store. You trying to get a truck. You trying to figure it out. And then once the big stuff is out, there's just a layer of trash. Just a layer of stuff 
that is still there. Junk drawers that you just dump into a bag and pour back into the drawer when you get to your new spot, even though you ain't looked in that drawer for five years. You don't need nothing from that drawer. But what is it? It's just, well, I, I don't have the time or the focus to go through this stuff in here. And so I'm just taking it all. You got keys from cars you don't even have no more. Because one of the things that makes movement easier is you drop weight. The reason why some of us are stuck, me too, I am talking about me. Part of the reason why some of us are stuck is because we're holding on to stuff that we should have let go of a long time ago. And there's nothing worse than you holding somebody that don't think about you no more. I know I'm not the only one. Forgiveness is not an easy thing to do. A lot of times I pray I don't bump into people. I'm like, Lord, just don't let me bump into them. I'm like, Lord, just, Lord, just keep them over there because I don't know what I'll do. I want to say hallelujah, but I might say, what the hell are you doing over up in my face? I want, I want to believe I'm saved, but I, I want to turn the other cheek, but I'm not sure what cheek it'll be. I have found myself unable to go on to greater because I'm stuck on stupid. I'm just talking about me for just a second. I'm not talking about you. I'll leave you alone. Can I tell you about me? Something gets sticky when you get older. You get some gray. You like the stuff you like. You gold where you gold. You go there so much that if you're not paying attention, your brain will take you there on automatic pilot. About a year ago, my daughter moved to California, her music career and doing all this stuff. She moved to California about a year ago, and I helped move her there. When I got there with her, you know, she was going to stay with one of my friends who pastors a great church in Pasadena, California. His name is Kerwin Manning, and I named one of my sons after him. So he comes to me, he says, Andy, he's, man, we hugged and talked, and he said, Andy, listen, I got something for you. It's amazing. He said, I have found something that is, it has changed my whole life shaving. He said, I, it's just a whole new thing you will never need shaving cream ever again let me tell you this thing matter of fact I bought you some he gave me this little bottle of this stuff called shave secret it's like a little oil and he gave it to me he said just use this you'll never touch shaving cream again now I don't know about you but I'm the kind of person I don't necessarily like nobody telling me nothing new and my friend Kerwin is a brown, he's a, he is a no joke serious chocolate dude, whereas me, and so I'm sitting there looking at him and I'm thinking to myself, I smiled and said, oh yeah, great, thanks a lot, Kerwin. But there's a part of me that's like, dude, get out of here, man, you ain't going to change the way I shave and that might work on your chocolate skin, but I don't know what's going to happen on this mixed stuff I got over here. And I am going to just keep on doing exactly what I do. I don't know who you are thinking you're going to change how I shave. <laughs> One year later, about two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I'm packing up to go somewhere. I'm always traveling. And I packed my bag and my shaving cream was in the bag, in the suitcase. And I'd had my son Robert put it in the truck. Now I'm up in the morning and I'm getting ready to shave and I don't have my shaving cream. And I'm looking under there to see if I have some extra and I don't. And I'm not about to go back out to that truck and get that shaving cream. There's no way I'm about to do that. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And I opened up and looked in there and I saw that little thing, that little shave oil secret thing 
thing. And I said, well, what do I have to lose? Well, I put some, I put that stuff on my face and shave. That stuff is the most amazing Jesus, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. My face felt like a baby's behind. I'm telling everybody, it was the best shave I've ever had. I threw all my shaving cream away. I bought a whole lot of it. I'm giving it to people. And I found out I was stuck on stupid. That's a lot of us. Can't nobody hardly tell us nothing because we do it the way we do it. We go where we go. We are creatures of habit. One of the hardest things to do is to break your habit. I know when I say habit, we all think something bad, but there's good habits and there's bad habits. If you tithe, you tithe habitually. Well, that was really weak. Let me say that one more time. If you tithe, you tithe habitually. If you pay your bills, you pay your bills habitually. If you exercise, you exercise habitually. If you brush your teeth, you brush your teeth habitually. If you go to the dentist, you go to the dentist habitually. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. If you smoke, you smoke habitually. But before you look down on smokers, just know that their habit might be smoking and yours is coffee. Their habit may be something that's bad to them, but yours ain't that much better. What we do habitually is hard to break. It's not an easy thing to do. And we just get stuck. We just do what we do. I told this story before, I'm going to tell it again because it's apropos. I, y'all know I love Cracker Barrel. I go to Cracker Barrel, I go to Cracker Barrel so much, I know the menu. I don't even have to look at it. I know exactly what I want. I want the grandma sampler. I want the egg scrambled with cheese and raw onions. I want all bacon and I want pecan pancakes and hash brown casserole and I want sweet tea on the side. I know exactly what I want. As soon as I walk in, they're like, hey, Pastor Eddie. I'm like, hey, I'll have my usual. I go, that's what I like. I don't have to look at it. I like that. I go to the same Cracker Barrel just about all the time. Go on in there. First thing I do is I put my name in if I have to. Then I go to the bathroom. Cracker Barrel I go to, the men's room is on the right. So I go on in and go in the right and go on and go to the bathroom. I was in some other place and somebody said, I heard you like Cracker Barrel, Pastor Andy. I said, I sure do. I like breakfast all day and I like the fried chicken and I like the biscuits and I like the catfish that's fried. I like it all. And they said, okay, we'll take you to the Cracker Barrel. I said, great, I had just preached. And so now I got to their Cracker Barrel. If you've been to Cracker Barrel, they all look alike. And I walked right on in. They went to get the table. And I went to the bathroom. And I walked right on into the right. And I'm in there. When I got inside, I said, now, where are the urinals? In this bathroom. I said, well, I guess they just don't have them here. And so I just went on in the stall. And I'm just in there just relieving myself. And then I heard somebody else come in. And they started to pee. But it didn't sound like my pee. Their pee sounded like rain. And I looked down and I saw high heels and somebody sitting. And I thought to myself, my Lord and my God. I'm so in the habit. Washed my hands real quick and got out. (laughs) 
Let's be honest. We stuck. We stuck. We stuck with people. We stuck in habits. We stuck in movements. We stuck in motions. It's just what we do. And the question is, can you get unstuck and move? How does God get you to move? Let me, let me wrap this thing up by, by just, I, I trust that I'm inspiring you this morning to be a mover and not a sitter. You, you got to get sick and tired of where you are. How does God get you to move? I'll give you a couple of ways God gets you to move. One of the first ways God gets you to move is he tips the world. He just tips it. I don't know if you was ever a kid playing a board game and the game ain't going the way you want to go and you losing and so you just accidentally bumped the whole thing and you just tipped the whole board. Oh, I guess we got to start the monopoly all the way over. Sometimes God just tips the world upside down. Sometimes the Lord just allows the shaking to happen. Sometimes God actually shakes the world himself. Matter of fact, there's a passage I believe in Hebrews chapter 12 that where the Lord says, once, once more, I'm going to shake the world up just to show what can be shaken and what can't. Sometimes the only way for God to get you to move is he ought to shake up the world that you think is so solid. He's got to let something happen to shake you up. Would to God that most of us just had enough straight up willpower to move. But if I was honest, I would admit to you that a lot of what got me to move was rejection. All of a sudden, what I thought I could lean on, found out I couldn't lean on it. And the whole world tipped on me. We are currently in a moment in which the world is literally tipping. COVID done changed everything. COVID done changed church. COVID done changed everything is upside down. Putin has lost his mind. Russian invaded every. We are in a place we don't know what's what. We don't know who's a boy. We don't know who's a girl. We don't know nothing. Everybody trying to find themselves, and now we decided that people six can try to find themselves. This is a crazy moment. This is a moment that just makes you shake your head. And if you ain't shaking your head, then you're not reading enough. You're not studying enough. You've got to realize the world is being shook up. Shaking makes you move. Nothing make you move like shaking. Nothing makes you move like the world tipping on you. The Bible says, since we've received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, sometimes you don't really go to God till you find out that the thing you built on didn't, wasn't able to stand firm. The world tipping makes us move. Second thing that makes us move, fear. Fear makes us move. Let somebody come in here with a pit bull that's growling. We will all move. Matter of fact, if one of us move, we will all move. We'll all start running and don't even know why. Let, let fear, fear make you move before you know what happened. Your brain doesn't even have the time to respond and you've already moved because nothing makes you jump like being scared. Now, I know that the Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear. I got you, but I would contend that there are scary things that happen, and they're happening to get you to move from where you are right now. Fear make you move. Fear make you make new plans. Fear, fear make you do stuff different. God is trying to get us to move 
And he allows things that scare us and we just rebuke the fear and stay where we are. And I'm trying to make an argument this morning to say that maybe the Lord allowed that to get you to move from where you be. This is the third time they're doing layoffs. You missed the first two. How many layoffs do they have to do for you to realize maybe it's time for you to move? Third thing that makes us move, drought. Drought makes you move. Every now and then somebody will say to me, well, Pastor Andy, if there's a God, then why are there people starving in a particular place? The reason why there's people, people are starving in a particular place, not because of God, but because of man. Because there are parts of the earth that are fertile, and there are parts of the earth that are arid. There are parts of the, wor of the world that are abundant with rain, and there are parts of the world that are dry. There's a show I watch called Alone. I don't know if you've ever seen that show Alone. It's a great show. What do they do? They take a human being, and they put them in a place where no humans live. There's a reason why no humans live there. No humans live there because humans can't live there. There's not enough food for humans to live there. There's not enough water for humans to live there. And the alone show, just it, it just turns into a starvation game. As to see who can starve the longest. Because the place where they put them is not a place where humans can live. When we see people someplace with their belly swollen and their eyes bugging out. And there's not enough food and there's not enough water. They're not there because of God. They're there because of greed. Before we go blaming God, let's be honest about the situation. Way more than enough grain, way more than enough water, more, way more than enough food for everybody on the planet. God is a God of abundance, but if one particular group decides that they're going to hoard 75% of the wealth of the planet for themselves and leave the rest of the world starving, you can't blame God for that. You certainly can't blame for God for that when it's people who believe in God that did that to people. But my point is, is it's sad how stuff dries up and we stay where we are. Stuff, it's crazy how all the opportunities dry up and our stubbornness got us stuck somewhere. It ain't rained in years, and you still there. It's one of the challenges of being a believer is that on the flip side of faithfulness is stubbornness. And we just find it hard to change. We find it hard to grow, especially church people. I know I got to leave them alone, Elder Cole. Especially church folk. We like what we like. We do what we do. And we do stuff because we like it. We don't do stuff because it's effective. Sing the hymns because we like the hymns. And I got you. I feel you. I sing the hymns because I like the hymns. I like the hymns too. Got you right there with you. But you got to be careful that you ain't singing the hymns in a drought. Because a drought is supposed to help you to move. Fourth thing, and I'm done. Anybody hearing a word from the Lord this morning? What's the fourth thing that helps you move? Because I'm telling you, I'm saying to you, tipping the world. God lets the world tip upside down. That makes you move. Fear makes you move. Drought ought to make you move. <laughs> Abraham goes to Canaan. It's supposed to be the promised land. But when the drought happens, he goes down to Egypt. He's like, I mean, I, this may be my promise, but I can't eat right now. I still have to eat. So even though this is my ultimate purpose, it doesn't mean that I'm going to stay here and starve. I'm going to go do this for a moment and then come back to my purpose. 
What's the fourth thing that makes us move? The fourth thing that makes us move is leadership. Leadership. Leadership challenges you. A good leader wants you to go somewhere. Good leaders are happy with you being where you are. What a good leader wants to do is us go somewhere together. But we're in a world and in a day and a time where we don't really want leaders to be leaders. Very often I'm asking the question, can I just be a leader? When you're a leader, you're not happy all the time. Sometimes you're frustrated. Sometimes you're bothered. Sometimes you're annoyed because you're looking for God to do something or you're looking for a level of excellence or you're looking for a level of power or you're looking for something to happen in a particular way that isn't happening and you're frustrated about it. But it can be difficult to be a leader when everybody wants you to just love them. When you live in a world where don't nobody want to be led, they just want to be loved. Don't nobody want to be led, they just want to be liked. Don't nobody want to be led, they just want to be praised. Don't nobody want to be led, they just want to be patted on the back. Don't nobody want to be led, they just want you to be their fan. Don't nobody want to be led, they just want you to let them do whatever they want to do. They don't want you to lead them, they want you to lie to them and tell them that the broken path they're taking will lead them to Canaan. Not easy when you're trying to be a leader. But a leader says to you, this isn't good enough. A leader says to you, yeah, but this is the standard. And beloved, I would submit to you for your consideration as I'm closing that we have to be very careful about a world where can't nobody tell us nothing. I was talking to uh, a, a member of the church, and he was talking to me about his son, and I'm like, yeah, I'm, I hear you talking about your son. Let me talk, I'm talking about my son. Got you. But we have to be careful that we are so accommodating that we don't lay out what is actually a standard of behavior. we almost halfway afraid to say what's right or wrong. And because so much damage has been done in the name of right, we now just want everything to be gray. But there is a danger to gray because when there's no solid right, there's no standard. And at some point, somebody got to tell us something to be. At some point, somebody got to lay something out for us and say, this is the way, walk ye in it. This is the way to be a good person. This is the way to be a good human. This is the way to be a good mother. This is the way to be a good father. This is the way to be a good teen. This is the way to be a good black person. This is the way to be a good white person. This is the way. We can't just lose all reason it's a ditch on either side of the road beloved and if i can push back just a little bit can i push back against the idea that if you feel it it must be right there's a whole lot of stuff that you feel that ain't right somebody gotta come to you and tell you no that ain't the way to feel I don't know if anybody's ever told you that ain't the way to feel. You've got to feel differently than the way you feel right now because your current feelings are unacceptable. What happens in a world where no one can say that a feeling is unacceptable? It happens in a world where everybody's scared to hurt your feelings. 
What happens in a world where everybody's afraid to stand firm on a point? A part of what makes you move is someone's that actually care enough about you to lay out a standard for you that's not just best for you, but best for your people. And a part of the role of the kingdom is to give us some kind of guidelines so that we can know where we're going. Hunting season's coming up. I've been cutting new trails. For me to cut a trail, it's, it's a challenging thing. Part of what I've got to do is I've got to pull up my phone. Thank God for GPS. Pull out my phone. I look at the satellite and I drop a pin in the place where I'm trying to get to. Then I go back to my start place. And as I, I follow some deer trails, but deer trails have a tendency to go in crazy places. And when I'm in the woods, if I'm not careful, I'll get lost in circles without a point to go to. If I don't drop that pin, I'll never get from here to there. Beloved, at some point, somebody on high has got to drop a pin for us to know where to go. Otherwise, we will only take the easiest paths. And we will find ourselves continually circling and not going through the hard place, not building the bridge, not cutting down the big tree because we really don't know where we're going. At some point, the kingdom of God has to lead us. Some point, God has to lead us. I'm so glad God loves you, but can he lead you? Can you follow him? Not just can he bless you, but can you follow him? We used to sing a song that said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray that we would follow you. Lord, I pray that we would follow you. Pray, God, that we would move. I pray that you would heal us from our lameness. That we, we're lame from birth. I pray that you'd break the shackles of off, off of us. I pray that you would break the cripple off of us. God, everybody under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that you would move us. pray, God, right now that you would break up the fallow ground and move us. I pray, Lord God, that you would move the ice and move us. I pray, God, that you would break up the quicksand and move us. Lord, we don't want to stay where we are. We want to move. We've been here too long, been in this situation too long, been with this pain too long, dealing with this depression too long, dealing with this anger too long, dealing with this unforgiveness too long. God, we're asking you to make us walk. It's you who have designed us for this very purpose, that we will live by faith and not by sight, that we will walk by faith and not by sight. Thank you for living so big in us right now. Thank you for this word settling into our bones. And give us, God, a courage and a faith to chase you. Put a running in our feet. Don't just put a song in our heart. Put a running in our feet. Drop a pin for us to go to. Though you've given us, though we have experienced the bread of affliction and the water of adversity, God made that situation 
make our teachers obvious. <laughs> With our own eyes, may we see them. May we hear a voice saying behind us clearly, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Lead us and guide us into truth. And we'll praise you. As much as we praise you for every miracle you do, order our steps. We'll praise your name. The miracle of movement. God, I pray for every individual person under the sound of my voice. Move our money. Move our jobs. Move stuff out of our way. Move every obstacle. Get the weight off of us. God, take us higher. We are on our way somewhere. And we are determined not to stay stuck in this wilderness. Take us to Canaan. We'll magnify your name. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. If you heard a word from the Lord, can you put your hands together and give God praise? Can I get you to give? Can I get you to give? This is our second offering, our building fund offering. And, and speaking of movement, beloved, we are on our way to a wealthy place, on our way out of here. This is our last year in this building. We are on our way out of here. Our last year in this space. We've been leasing these spaces since 2006, 7, and we've been in this building since 2012, and we are on our way out of here. Can I get you to give? If you need an offering envelope, you can simply raise your hand. You can take your picture of Victory Park. You can donate to Victory Park. It's our building fund. I grew up in a church where they did a building fund offering every single week, whether there was a building fund or not, but we actually have a building fund, and we are actually on our way to building our own building and and uh, it's right around the corner it's down the road about three miles from here it's right on 70 and uh, we still have yet to break ground but we on our way and uh, and we are moving forward to things that, are, that has really slowed us COVID has just slowed us up and uh, in terms of just getting the final numbers together but it's coming together beloved and uh, and we need you to be faithful and to give above and beyond just your tithes and uh, I, I need everybody to be a tither. If everybody just gives God the tenth, we'll be good to go. Won't even need a bank. But you can give above and beyond your tithe. And so take a picture of that if you're watching online right now. Just because you're not in the room doesn't mean we don't need you to join with us and give to this building project. And uh, we're going to build a sanctuary. It's going to be our permanent home. It's going to be about the size of this. And, uh, and then it's a, the building is about 100,000 square feet. And there's gymnasiums. It's four basketball courts. It's, a, it's basically like a sportsplex place with a church inside of it. There's going to be this big cafe there. It's going to, it's going to uh, actually support itself as well as touch the community. It's a powerful thing. We got pictures and drawings in the lobby. And uh, y'all have heard me talk about the vision. I can't wait to see what God is going to do in us and through us. And the best is yet to come. And I actually believe that if God can trust you with wealth, he'll bless you. Did you know that? That the ability to make money is directly connected to the ability to give it. God is asking you to seek his face and pray about giving to the work of the kingdom of God and you give to something that lives longer than you and when we get there when we cut the ribbon when we have the dedication service when we get over there I don't want you to say look at what y'all did I want you to say look at what we did amen look at what we did bow your head let's pray Lord I, I pray for this offering I pray that you bless the gift and the giver I pray Lord God that you bless every tither I pray that you bless every offering giver God I'm asking you to do what your word said because your word said that you would make us rich so that we can be generous on every occasion and so generosity and sacrifice is the purpose behind which you would bless us exponentially and so God we're asking you for that we're asking you for jobs and better jobs and raises and benefits and bonuses and new businesses we're believing you for clients we're believing you lord god that you would make us the head and not the tail it's what your word said so that we can be used by you not just so we can have more stuff but so that we can be used by you even though we're not worthy we still want to be used by you
and so take this offering and multiply it supernaturally God I pray that we would have the money and not need it God I'm praying that we would have it and even not need it God I pray that every need will be supplied I pray God that every need will be met I pray God that every gap will be filled Lord I'm believing right now for a miracle and we trust you and have your way in us kingdom of God come in Jesus name we all sit together amen God bless you as you give and uh, as the bucket passes you just give the the gatekeepers just a minute just to collect the offering and certainly you can give on that QR code you can give online you can give on the app there's so many ways for you to give to the work of the kingdom of God let's not forget this Friday night this Friday night, Todd Galbert's going to be here doing this concert. It's absolutely free. You can come have this night of worship. It's going to be an amazing experience. And uh, you, need a, you need to be in the presence of God. Come here Friday night. Doors will open at 7. And the uh, concert will start at 7.30. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be festivities afterwards. They're going to have a good time. And uh, I want you to know about that. Again, Anthony Brown was here today. And you certainly can get his album. And and uh, be blessed by that certainly there's anointing on that and there's so many things happening with us in your bulletin and and online and so much for you to do and learn and uh and we're excited that you're with us this morning so glad you tuned in with us won't you jump on your feet let's be dismissed god want to thank you thank you lord for saving us thank you lord for keeping us thank you lord for saving our soul thank you lord for making us whole thank you lord that you sent your word and healed us, snatched us from the very door of death. Thank you, Lord God, that you've grabbed us by the right hand and you've pulled us onto our feet. And we pray that our ankle bones would receive strength. Now we ask you to dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Cover us with your blood as we leave, as we travel, as we go, as some of us travel for our jobs, as some of us are traveling this week. God, as some of us are in the area, everyone that's watching around the world, God, I pray that you would bless us and keep us. I pray that you'd make your face shine upon us. I pray that you'd be gracious to us. I pray favor on your people. Give us peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming to worship. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.